Oh, hello. Ahoy, hoy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, let me. Uh... <laughs> Is that your new, your new answer? Every time I talk to you, it's ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy. Uh, it's uh, that is a stolen from Eva, which is stolen from The Simpsons. That was uh, Monty Burns. But that's the way that um, people used to answer the phone when they first started making them. That's... Graham Bell, is yeah, that right, yeah. He was um, like, "That's that is, that is legally how this phone, <laughs> this device that I invented." It doesn't work think... unless you say "ahoy, hoy." <laughs> You ever think about that, like, oh, by the way, it's Papa's Basement. She's Molly Heckerling. I'm John Papa Giorgio, hence the show's name. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you ever think about how, like, artists, there's artists out there who are like, oh, I didn't conceive of this album being seen through this lens or this piece of writing being interpreted thus. Do you ever think about, like, legit inventors' inventors? Not, like, dog shit artists. That's not a real invention, and we both know it as people that are artists. Uh, like, Alexander Graham Bell, and he's like, you know, I didn't invent the phone so that, like, people could jerk off for each other on it. Like... <laughs> Like I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he would be <laughs> proud to see how far we've come. I mean, you ahoy, know, in his ahoy, day, you had to say ahoy hoy before someone would listen to you jerk off. Yeah. And now you can actually see their little dick in front of you while they have their AirPods in. I mean, what an age to be alive. Did you have to add the little I mean, AirPods? Like, this is very specific. I know I'm generalizing, but, you know. <laughs> I'm just going based off of what I've seen on chat roulette. Like, yeah, I'm sure the NASA scientists who conceived of the internet during space travel, like, didn't think we would just be using it to, like, take pictures of our anuses and, you know, tell each other that we should get raped or something. Like, I, don't <laughs> I, just, <know. laughs> I love that you are uh, kind of hearkening back you're you're rueful you're longing for like the fanciness being lost you're like did you know in the 50s people would get a suit on to fly before they masturbated in the plane's bathroom or joined the mile high club did you know yeah. that john i yearn for a simpler time where people had to walk 15 miles in the snow in a three-piece suit just to jerk off to the candlelight yeah. in someone's window i miss books of hand-bound pornography <laughs> Printed by the principals themselves. You know, it's just not the same as, you know, when you got to hold something leather bound in your hands. Yeah. There's there's a beauty to that. Like like when your porn felt like a high school yearbook. Yes. I miss that. Um Yeah, well I never thought of any of that, but <laughs> <laughs> I think, it, I think it is interesting because I, you know, I, I do, I do think about that sometimes where it's like the unforeseen consequences of science where it's like, you're trying to do something really good. And the next thing you know, you've annihilated humanity and built the atom bomb. Um, so like, why even try to do anything good? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, there was one guy who was responsible for not just like unleaded gasoline but i'm trying to figure what the fuck else he crapped out but it's pretty much like the two worst things facing us right now yeah yeah we're we're still if we could just get the lead out of gasoline molly it'd all be good (laughs) if we could just get the lead out of the gasoline and into our drinking water yeah we'd be so much better off supple fat children yeah like, people bitch about obese kids, but they absorb so much more lead. <laughs> get it out of, get it out of anything that could enter me. And so I'm thankful for those fat little bastards. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I do love science. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. There are so many things where I would have died, and now I didn't. Science. I don't, I didn't die, yeah, yeah, from hep C or, you know, a myriad of other diseases. Ew, you had sex with Tommy Lee? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was the 90s. I was 10 who didn't have sex with Tommy Lee. <laughs> Fair enough. One middle schooler didn't see Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Lee schlong in the 90s. I mean, his current wife is like 30-ish years. How much? God, I'm trying to remember. Is she, yeah. is she like our age? 
Oh no, I think she's a bit younger. She was uh <laughs> You're that, like, that... ew, he wouldn't touch someone as old as us. Yeah, like grow the fuck up. Or don't. Yeah. <laughs> grow grow in the opposite direction, actually, for Tommy <laughs> Lee. Um Yeah, uh Brittany Furlon was her name. I remember ranting about her like ten years ago. She was just like this brunette <laughs> with like giant tits and she was uh what was the six second loop <laughs> app? I don't know. Oh, was it God. like Snapchat? No. Not Snapchat. It was like uh it was an app that had this really brief window mm. of popularity where it was just you would create a six second video that then looped like infinitely. And I don't care that I'm forgetting the name because I haven't slept in my own bed, by which I mean my childhood bed in like a month at this point. And this morning I got six and a half hours of sleep and that's the most sleep I've gotten in like, I cannot tell you how fucking long, easily, easily three weeks. How dare you not remember all the names of these incredibly short-lived social media bullshit fans. Yeah. Oh God. Vine. Vine. Oh, Vine. God. Yeah, Vine. She was a Vine star. I was going to say, the only thing I remember from Vine was, like, I think it was, like, chunky little black kid that just said the name LeBron James over and over in weirder, increasingly weirder ways. Like, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. It was just this loop of No, he was giving, that. like, a million different reads or something. Yeah, it was. And I, I fucking watched the little LeBron James kid. Like, I must have watched that loop 200 times. And that I... Like, I just, to me, that is TikTok. You know, like, when people mm-hmm. mention TikTok, I'm like, I'm familiar with TikTok's work. It is a fat little kid saying LeBron James over and over. Yes. <laughs> but she was big on Vine. She was just, like, she was, like, you know, not, uh, she was, like, very pretty in the face, just not, like, Hollywood cookie-cutter shit. And she had these ginormous jugs, and I remember. So getting... you fell in love with her. I fell in love. Yeah, I would, and like, you slit my cat's throat to sniff her feet. All her vines. Yeah, and I then like quickly forgot about her. And years later, I remember hearing the name again. I was like, "Oh yeah, what the fuck is she up to?" And she like married. I guess she was LA based or moved to LA. She married Tommy Lee. She, I think got prego with a couple of his half greek spawn mm-hmm. and uh she just like did the whole la face thing which like i guess you're super familiar with like but i will and correct me if i'm wrong because you'd know better than me mm-hmm. and i'm going off of the example of her and one other very anecdotal thing like there was a woman michael johnson co-host michael johnson like thought was Hotter than... I thought you were going to say, there was a woman named Michael Johnson. Named Michael Johnson. And And now she has total Hollywood face. Yeah. No, there was a super cute uh, chick that he, like, either had a crush on or did comedy shit with out here. She Mm -hmm. moved out there. And again, was, like, super attractive. Just not, like, uber cookie-cutter attractive, I guess. Sure. And she did, like, six months out there and, like you know like shoved her face into the mold i guess that then presses it into the little playmate circa 89 kind of features thing Mm -hmm. and then was just like an escort to rich iranians you know like that was i mean that's a way to go she's probably riding higher on the hog than either of us but yeah it's an investment to get all you know i feel like it's very hard to live in la and not fall prey to that sort of like Kim Kardashian beauty standard of like, I'm not attractive in this very narrowly defined way, so I'm going to fill my face with fillers and, you know, it's just try to look just like everyone else. For, for something that's become so international, it's, I think it's hard to explain. And I've, I've done very, very limited time on the West Coast, but it's hard to explain how much of an actual like tribal and localized look it is, it's very much, you are part of this, like, affluent tribe mm-hmm. of the West Coast people. You know what yes. I mean? And it bleeds all the way east to Vegas. And that's it, really. And you see a little bit of it in New York, too, but it is a also touch. very much a, a class thing, where it's like, you have to have that kind of money to put into your there's, appearance. There's, yeah, there's just this weird level of acceptance of having your features very obviously tweaked. Like I, you there. know, I don't judge anyone for getting plastic surgery because my well, I mean, I don't, I don't judge anyone for getting plastic surgery. Um, but I also feel as though like your um 
you're trying to stave off the inevitable because no one stays young forever. No one stays fuckable forever. And also like you, you're still faced with all the things about yourself that you don't like or can't change in a way. And First of um, all, tell that to Estelle Getty. <laughs> fuckable till the very, very I mean, Alzheimer's that's, well, that's also my point is like, there's tons of women who have gotten plastic surgery who just look fucking amazing in their own unique way and are infinitely more fuckable than I am. I guess my point is that it's a personal choice and I don't like it when, when people feel as though they have to fit into this, like this very small box just to be lovable. Yeah. I, I mean, I miss the old days when I made bold proclamations about women's appearances. So, like, for nostalgia's <laughs> sake, I'm going to wade back into that pool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get in the way back when machine when yeah. casual misogyny was a little more acceptable. And let's just rag on women for getting Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I watched the MTV censored version of Wedding Crashers <laughs> last night with my brother. I miss the days where comedy was just open ridicule of homosexuals and the was, other, you know? I was watching um, Triumph the Insult comic dog in um, doing Comic-Con, like San Diego Comic-Con years ago. It's on YouTube. And there's mm-hmm. just so many fat jokes where it's like, you, you couldn't make those jokes now, but it's also just like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's still, it's, it's, it's funny because it's Rob Smigel who's like a fat, sweaty Jewish mess on the... You know, it's like you have to consider the source and also if there's genuine malice intended. And I think that, like, we've gotten a little... We have gotten a little sensitive as far as comedy is concerned. But I also understand some people just being like, look, it's tired to just rag on gender or race or weight or blah, blah, blah. Because a lot of times we had a lot of shitty comedians just doing that and it didn't... I think bad comedy ruined society more than anything. I blame the writers. <laughs> like you all, God, you rested on your laurels and you dropped the ball and you came to Andrew Dice Clayish and now everyone's, and also, you know, systemic racism and fascism and things like that. But, you know. So racism hard. and comedy, <laughs> the two, the two evils you feel need to be defeated. I, bad I, comedy. Oh I my will... God. Another tree branch fucking fell. Sorry. Oh, no. Oh, heavens. Well, we'll get to the farm report momentarily. (laughs) I I blame the writers for this, too. I I just want to say that I think it exists on a... Plastic surgery exists on a continuum, and it's like crazy diminishing returns slash negative returns Mm. at a certain point. Like, if you are... You know, like one jug is two cups bigger than the other. Mm-hmm. Sure, what the fuck? Get that evened out. And if you have like glaring facial abnormalities that gnaw at you day and night, get that shit fixed if you want. It'll make you feel better. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Do that. But like, if you are sitting there and you're like, ah, oh, no, my fucking left nostril is eight percent off from the mm-hmm. right one kind of shit. Like, okay, at that point, we've we've gone too far. I yeah, no, I had a friend who like he kind of fell down the well of getting fillers in his face. And it was quickly like one of those things where it's like his OCD kicked in where it's like, Oh, this side's smaller than this side. And you can name just end up getting annoyed. And, and it's, it's a bandaid fix for something else that's going on. If you're yeah, completely plastic surgery. Yes, absolutely. Like I feel tons better about myself, but I'd still like to lipo like my titty meat off. You know, like I would like to get my boobs hoisted up maybe another couple inches, but like, I don't know, for the most part, I'm pretty cool with my body. I'm like, I don't know for how long it's been around and all the shit that it's been through. I think it looks pretty good. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think You gotta like... be happy with what you got sometimes, because if you're not, then no amount of fixing it's gonna make you happy. You're always gonna find something to be like, well, this is still less, you know, I don't know. I am almost grateful that I was such a fat fuck. <laughs> for so long because Me like too. i can't like there are so many people that are like oh god past 40 i'm like i'm this i'm that and i'm like dude compared to what i was two years ago i'm fucking brad pitt like, <laughs> like this is the tits yeah i feel the same way where it's like i was never the hottest girl in school i always like you know had my own shit and going yet, on tommy but, like, lee still fuck you Still, you know, I was still felt up in an arcade by a drunk person. No, I, you know, I, um, I feel like I've coasted at like a 
six, you know, for my entire life while everyone, even the ones who started off at like a 10 are just like, you know, I don't know. Where are they now? Fucking make Mars at best. They're 40 also, but they look it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah, it's funny. I don't know. I I compared to what I was, and thank God for Propecia. Like I don't, I feel like it's knocked an inch off my dick or whatever. But you know what? For <laughs> hair, it's worth it. For hair that's rapidly graying and still kind of thinning up front, I could have like been my dad's horseshoe level bald at this point. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? And like I, that's worth it. Increased chances of serious testicular cancer. Mm. You know, whatever. Whatever, like having the head of hair, semi worth it. So we've talked about like women in plastic surgery, and let's talk about like dudes and baldness and what a mind fuck that is. Um, oh, I. What's really funny to me, and if I ever did stand up, I would write about this, but I probably won't because I'm lazy. So here goes. <laughs> like to me, as much as we. And rightfully so. We, we let, you know, say women have a super hard time of it in the beauty department and the pink tax and having to stay pretty. And like I was explaining to you the other day, fucking female weightlifters have to compete in lucite heels. You know, like, right. like, you know, the fucking Mr. Olympia just gets to go barefoot, but women have to do it in fucking stripper heels, which is hilarious to me. Um, they have to, that's part of the bylaws. They have to. I don't think as a female you get to go out there barefooted. You, <laughs> you gotta have your whore heels on. Mm-hmm. Your little whore hooves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You ever been to a strip club and they do that trick where they smack them together and it really does sound like a counting horse? I mean, you know, that's sort of like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, Mary says yes. Click, click. One. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, how many ones for Mr. Horse? Clomp one. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> feed, a, feed a George Washington to Mr. Ed's G-string. So, um, the thing is, for dudes, the two things that I think we're most sensitive about are uh, a number of inches that you can't do a damn thing about. There's height and there's schlong length. Mm-hmm. And women do get to alter so much about their appearance. And, like, guys, I mean, they can surgically, like, break your fucking legs and make you taller but like compared to just getting some titty implants mashed in there like it is so involved and i think for the rest of your days they're like yeah don't lift over 30 pounds kind of thing. you know what i mean they're like don't stand for longer than five seconds yeah your judo career is over you know like uh, yeah and then for schlong i really don't think there's anything like for i I was doing the online dating thing and like every woman had at least one story of like a dude with micro penis. Not that, you know, that either they had briefly seen or like that they had, you know, a friend had experienced it. And like none of these stories ended with, I looked past the man's micro penis. (laughs) Like they all were like, yeah, he got drunk and laughingly said it was the size of a finger, and then one night pulled it out on me, and it was. <laughs> it's like, dot, dot, dot. That was the end of things. Um, and, like, those dudes with micro, like, I can joke about packing my very basic six, mm-hmm. but, like, the dudes with micro, holy shit, I can't wrap my head around that. Or to be, like, five foot three and trying to get some push, fucking A, and you're just, like, locked in as a dude on those fronts and like we as a society it's like we're very open about like women have it really tough and they do but like the dudes that like have absolutely unfixable shit that limits their dating pool like 95 percent, like fuck man i feel for them too I, I i feel for them too i feel like that's also where like this hotbed of hostility sort of springs from in a way for a lot of men is short like... short dicked men I mean, sort of, where it's like, you know, there's something about you me that I can't of? change. It's me. What? <laughs> you said short of, and I caught it. Short of. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Our short shorties. Our baldy short shorties. Um, you know, they, uh, they feel or are unfuckable for a reason, and 
you know, get really angry at women in the world. And I, I feel for them and I get it. It's just misdirected anger. Um, just learned a bunch of box really well and, you know, <sighs> find a way around it. I don't know. Women will, you know, at least if you try, the women will appreciate that you're a good, decent person underneath your physical some shortcomings. Will. I guess some <laughs> will. Yeah. It's, I, I feel it's facetious to be like, learn to munch a box better though. It's like, it's like getting a fucking seven foot four basketball prospect who can't like shoot free throws for shit. It's like, yeah, look at him dunk, and he can definitely learn the other thing eventually. <laughs> I mean, like, no, I'm not saying that, I mean, there's no, I mean, I don't know, maybe I just, I'm lacking sympathy for, you know, because, like, a lot of incels are violent and awful, so I'm sort of like, how much sympathy do I extend because, yeah, you know, women are, you know, yeah, I mean, it's rough. I mean, sex and physicality and all that stuff, like, it's a rich tapestry of bullshit. Well, um, I, it's just so weird to me, like, the absolutely low-key, like, I am 5'9", actual measured 5'9", not mm-hmm. online dating site 5'9". Right. Like, fucking, you know, just did my physical. I guess I'm just very hunchy, or, like, people don't believe me when I say I'm 5'9", but I am. <laughs> but you'd be amazed. I've been putting, you know, I've been... Doing my thing, as mm-hmm. the kids would say at 86, with a, you know, a chick who's 5'1". And I said something about getting a haircut. And she was like, oh, no, don't touch the poof. It adds a couple inches to your height. And I'm like, bitch, I'm already eight inches taller than you. What the well, fuck? Well, she's just being cunty. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, yeah, women are bitchy about the height thing. And Jason has it rough, too, because, like, he was always the smallest kid in his class. And, mm-hmm. like, I think he's, like, 5'7". And he's, like, a human tripod. And for him, it's like, you know... Yeah, like, dudes, even when you're hung, it's not like you can walk around with your dick out and attract women. Like, you have to get to that point for them even to, like, you know, the the peacock mating dance for men is just a little different than it is for women. I because mean, if for women, it's Jason, it's, I would just be buying the clothes from Prince's estate right now just like, <laughs> and not wearing underwear. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like everyone's going about this thing trying to attract people in the best way they know how. And it's weird because like with women, you're expected to like sex yourself up and seduce. But for men, the seduction game is a little more complicated. And especially if you're like a guy who isn't tall or has a small dick or is bald, like all these things that like a lot of superficial shitty women will be like, like, you know, um, I love this voice. (laughs) The, like Jenny Slate, sort of like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Got your micro pan on my face. Oh, I don't know. You know. I watched her in some flick the other day where I guess she just crapped out a kid. That's how the mm-hmm. women have them, right? From the butt. Yes. <laughs> they she come from the fucking, butt. Uh, it was with a flick with Charlie Day, man, but she was super cute. I guess she still had the mom jugs going on. I, mm-hmm. uh, I was a fan. I was a fan. We love Jenny Slate. She could get it. She um, she's also just super talented. Um, sure. I don't know. That's I it. guess I feel bad for being insensitive toward the micropene community. Um, I hooked up with a dude who I didn't realize it at the time. It was a dude that, like, I had been seeing. You didn't realize it was a dude. That's how small <laughs> it was. Um, I didn't realize it was a eunuch. Um, no, he, like, he was like a, he was like six foot two. And. Oh, God, that's the worst. And, um, yeah, it was like the size of a thumb. Oh, boy. And uh, he wasn't hard, so I kind of didn't know what to... And um, he munched my box, and we had a lovely... I had a lovely time. And, yeah. You know, um, but that was it. Like, I don't know. I don't even know if the mechanics are different or if it's like, you know, well, I don't Below know. a certain length, you can't do all the positions. You can do some stuff, though, and some women have little pussies. I have a I, littleish pussy. Like I don't know. <laughs> that that actually sounds like an adorable children's <laughs> cartoon. Little Miss Littleish Pussy. <laughs> littleish pussy. Yeah, like I don't know if I see a dude who's too well hung. I'm like, well, this just isn't gonna work. Like, I've, you know. I've very much wrapped my head around that. Like that you can't be like 
fucking massive. I mean, you can, but you really appeal to a weird subset at that point. Like, I've, I'm pretty good with my schlong. I, I, I take an extra inch. Who are we kidding? But, uh, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just started feeling real fucking bad for the short, the shorter than me. And the, the ones not packing anything in that department. I don't know, man. Just fucking bum me the hell out. What can I say? Genitals are weird. I wish my clit was a little bigger. Oh, really? Just, <laughs> you wish it was the size of that other guy's flaxen penis. You know, I wish it was, like, the size of a pea instead of the size of a pinhead. Like, you know. We could You're all stand You're talking the, the Hellraiser character? The Hellraiser. It's like, yeah, with the giant needles sticking out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what the fuck you been up to? <clears throat> Oh, my life is, like, boring. I'm sitting here in Vermont. It's snowing. I'm trying to clean, and I'm trying to write, and there's branches falling in my, around the house, and I'm getting that real, like, you know, (laughs) New England clam chowder flavor of living. (laughs) I mean, that sounds delightful. Yeah, you know. (laughs) It's white and chunky. Everything is, you know, uh, it makes you a little ill, but you're full. Um... It's good. No, I'm having a good time. Everything's great. Rosie's crazy. Um, I did the Vermont Comedy Festival. That was Ooh. fun. Um, it was dish, it was, dish, dish, dish. I I did the Vermont Comedy Festival, and it was literally all comedians from New York. And uh, I did a date because they're desperate whores. Yes. <laughs> um. I did a, a day gig at a bar and um, missed the email that requested we do PG-13 material. Oh. And um, I didn't change anything because the parents were just like, nah, go ahead. Like, I, I love how quickly parents will be like, no, fuck my kids. I want to have a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let her rip. She's a hard eight, you know? Like, um. She's seen some shit. Yeah. Um, She's seen Tommy Lee's dick. Yeah. Look, we did a month in LA. He's better. It's cool. Yeah. Um, So that was fun. Nice. um, Things are going good with Troma. Troma is streaming Ratso. Now, Ratso is your... Ratso is my adult puppet show that all go. the furries on Twitter seem to love. Um, <laughs> because it's loaded with puppet sex and bad socio-political satire. Um, so that's streaming on Trauma. And uh, Lloyd Kaufman thought it would be fun for us to do like a little Valentine's Day promo for the um, for the company. So we're working on that, and um, and I'm just doing uh, my little scripty poo. I got my first check for like a job in a minute, and it felt good to like put money in the bank and not feel like a loser for five minutes, and then go right back to feeling like an anxious loser. Oh yeah, that high wears off real fast. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I want to contrast anything I ever say with the fact that you're doing shit with trauma, you're at a comedy festival, and you just got paid by the the Bezos for writing this. The Bezos. I'm part of the system now. Yeah. I'm, I am actually part of the problem. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, fucking congrats, man. I'm a you, cog. You be part of that problem. <laughs> I want to wear a cowboy and get launched into space with all the other billionaires and eat shit potatoes on Mars. I can't wait to be melted <laughs> down and you're, you know, if you ever need an organ, mine will be here for you. <laughs> Thank you. My kidneys have been hurting. Okay. You know what? I could live if I gave you one, but let me just give you both to be safe. <laughs> you're sweet. I'll take one of Maria's too. Oh, sure. Why not? Take both of hers. I mean, we should just both go down the dudes <laughs> to keep Molly and you go up to six. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's this awful episode of Invader Zim where he, like, starts taking everyone's organs and, like, eating them because he thinks he's supposed to have, like, all the organs. And it's just really disturbing. And it's adorable. 
It's adorable. My eight-year-old quotes it all the time. <laughs> I woke up to her harvesting my liver in a bathtub full of ice. <laughs> Kids are, they're little scamps. And for some reason, also writing, welcome to the world of AIDS on the mirror and lipstick. <laughs> it was a lot. Oh my God. What's that from? What? Oh, it's just an urban legend, but I think that, uh, <laughs> Family Guy also parodied it. Oh, they totally did. It. Well, yeah. welcome to the world of feline AIDS. Feline AIDS, that's right. Yeah, cat you know, it's amazing how much uh, Family Guy is like responsible for my knowledge of like these cultural or historical bullet points, and then I go back and learn the thing retroactively. Um, like Calgon, take me away, or some shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I learned that from Mariah Carey's uh, "Take It Off" or what? <laughs> Shake it off. There we go. Mariah Carey's All I yeah. Want for Christmas is You. Like the, the commercial, or I'm sorry, the, the chorus is just like the Calgon commercial, gotta get up right out of here, or something like that. But mm-hmm. also the Calgon thing is mentioned, I think, in Wayne's World too. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of nods to the Calgon. I can't believe I forgot Wayne's World too. Yeah. <laughs> just every scene every line after your every childhood everything. sex with mike myers yes it was dana carvey actually. oh sorry <laughs> i have a crush on the look i like the beta males those are my guys i take garth and beavis and those are my fuck buddies all the all the <laughs> fucking also is oats munching your box right now <laughs> Look, oats are very good for your cardiovascular system. <laughs> oh man, yes. I uh, I myself have not spent a night in my childhood home since uh, I want to say mid November now. So let's talk about Papa's misplaced adventures in the in the hotel with Maria. Let's oh, talk about God. this adventure. Yeah, well, I don't think I recorded since. I was staying over at my friend Dawn. So my friend Dawn had to go to the Philippines, where she's from, for like two weeks, mm-hmm. two plus weeks. And I had to uh, watch her diabetic cat, Mason, that still drops the the absolutely horrible deuces <laughs> that he always has. That like, I, I, I forgot this. I did record one episode. It was with Eva while there. Mm-hmm. And I hit it on the head. It's not that they smell like, overpoweringly fecal it's that there's like an appetizing quality (laughs) to them where i said it smells like someone was cooking italian food with shit oh god so part of you comes in and you're like oh ziti and then you're like exactly yeah you're like you get notes of things that aren't gross that then just suck you in that much more to the it is dump at the end of the day and he does it like five times a day like he's an absolute machine so well, that, at least he's regular. Yeah. Oh God. So <laughs> fucking that guy. That guy doesn't stop. If he shit, if I could fuck like he shit, let's just say we call him Levine the Machine. Yeah. Um. So that wrapped up around the fourth, and since then, they uh, they I think longtime listeners will know that maybe at the start of the pandemic, a pipe, like a waste pipe that took wastewater, not the poopy kind, but just like used washing machine and sink water out of the Mm -hmm. home collapsed under my house. And they ultimately had to jackhammer through the foundation because it was a foolishly designed house with no crawl space and no basement. And Mm -hmm. so like, if you had to get to the pipes underneath it, congrats, you're going through the fucker. Oh my God. Um, and there has been like bare ass concrete floor in the middle of the house for like two fucking years now. Like I'm not exaggerating, like over two years. And my mom has like gone back and forth with, uh, you know, the, the insurance company. And I really can't tell you who's to blame, but uh, just by default, I'll lean toward my mom. (laughs) Um, and what, ultimately happened was like they decided to like paint the walls and drywall some shit and do all the carpeting and tile the kitchen but it was like two weeks worth of fucking repair Hmm. and so they're like we're gonna throw you in a long stay like you and your boy your little boy your little dependent and so like (laughs) 
I, for two weeks-ish now, have been doing, like, a suite with, you know, two different bedrooms off of it with my mom. Oh. And, uh, it's been a lot. So it's like, it's, it's like, uh, I'm envisioning, like, sideways, where you're I'm Giamatti, yeah. and she's Thomas Hayden Church, and you're both just in this little shitty hotel room. Oh, I thought you meant, like, someone was balls deep in her. <laughs> <laughs> she's she balls deep in Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, of course. Get it right. Um, but wow, that's fucking crazy. I mean, two weeks is a long time, but I didn't know that the floor had been that way for like two years. Oh yeah. If you want to know how fucked up it's been, like this is the ghetto fix that had been employed. Mm-hmm. We, I bought, uh, like just plywood sheets to throw over the concrete. Cause my mom was like, okay, even throwing like a carpet over the concrete is, like, having a deleterious effect upon my sensitive tootsies. What? And like, she said that? She was just like, yeah, my feet hurt just from, like, walking on this shit, period. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that kind of makes sense. She's older than dirt. And, like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of padding and parquet. Like, on top of the concrete is this wood layer of shit called parquet. And then mm-hmm. on top of that is a padding layer. And then on top of that is carpet. So you're talking a lot of shit that, like, cushions the impact mm-hmm. and this is like the uh, I, I hesitate to call it a hallway because that conveys like a grandeur upon it it's like <laughs> the three feet between the kitchen and the living room television so it's like the most traversed stretch right in this little shit box mm-hmm. um so uh we ultimately i just grabbed <laughs> some plywood chucked that down on the bare ass thing and then we threw like a, a carpet swatch down on top of it and that has been bless you thank you and that had been how we addressed this for like years and i just kind of was just like "Eh, it's a shit box who cares you know what Mm -hmm. i mean um and now the house is like actually not gross like i mean the Mm -hmm. carpeting has been replaced for the first time since i was like eight Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, my brother is two years younger than me. So, like, you're getting new carpet with an eight-year-old and six-year-old in the house. Like, congrats. Like, I basically, like, shat on the carpet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Right. Um, it's weird, like, taking off my shoes to enter this place. Um, <laughs> and, and not just walking in and spitting. Um, it's just, it's fucking odd. Like, I don't... It's, you're used to taking a shit and wiping your hands and on the rug like a dog yeah. yeah and like my mom just had like as she put it and I would have characterized it myself she was like she had a real come to Jesus moment with regard to all the hoarding I guess like seeing everything get boxed the fuck up and shipped out and she was just like I have a problem clearly mm-hmm. I mean like fucking better late than never on that one right like what the hell can I say so, yeah, you don't want her to die like the Collier brothers or anything like that. Oh, yeah, because who has to clean up that mess? This guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know, man. It's uh, I, the the other annoying thing, by the way. Um, she inserted herself as this, like, singular choke point into the entire event. Like, typically people just be like, here's your key. Mm-hmm. Go in and out of my house, whatever. She was like, fuck it, I'm going to be there at all times. You know, like, I guess this is her anxiety speaking. Like, I'm going to make the calls on everything coming in, coming out. I don't trust you guys. And typically, I would just get a bunch of texts from her at various points in the day. Like, they're fucking this up. Can you come by the house? And I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, I'm an adult male who's, like, out doing work right now. Like, no, I can't serve as your muscle as you, you know, get pissed with Latino workers who are just doing their damnedest. And I'm sure it'll be fine at the end of the day anyhow. Right. So go on, dear. Um, yeah, so she got sick, missed a day, was like, I'm not coming in. I'm not opening the house up. Right. And I'm like, great. So then the people who were supposed to come in the day after couldn't. So that was like two days delayed. Then that knocked the move-in, or the pack-in as it's called, to last Thursday, which uh, I don't know if you got hit by that system that I think like traversed the entire country soaking it up. Right. Um, That passed through that day. And because we missed that Thursday, 
another six days in oh, the fucking fuck. hotel. We're there yeah. now till Wednesday fucking night. Oh, shit. So, yeah. I, you know what? I held my tongue. <laughs> None of this would affect me if I didn't live in this house. So what the fuck can I really say? You're like, I blame myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you have a you have a moment where you're like, this is all because of a giant fucking dumbass. <laughs> this was your come to Jesus moment. Yeah, exactly. We we all fucking so much Jesus and so much come. <laughs> you all came on Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you know what? This is this is me. <laughs> all on me. And uh yeah. Are you still looking for a place? I mean, actively right this second, no. Are you are you on Craigslist right this moment? Emailing all the people where I just have to give two months down and send it to the Prince of Nigeria. Right. Um, are you on chat roulette right now? Yeah, looking at micro penises. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I am not. I I burned through all of my tethered data, my high priority data. Mm-hmm from Verizon to stream things because the the hotel network is just unsecured. So Fun. I'm like, how many fucking viruses do you want me to get? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. fucking I. So, um, I, yeah, I did not, uh, I have not searched. And I love how Verizon, once you burn through your hotspot data, is like, don't worry, you still got data. It's just like lower tier data now. Mm. This this is like this is like untouchable cast data. Like it, it takes me <laughs> it's it might as well have the like sound of a dial up and then right. the AOL welcome sound. Like it's that <laughs> fucking bad. So don't patronize me, Verizon. Okay. Well, you see flying toasters on your phone if you let it idle for two. Yeah, long. yeah, get the fuck don't don't no. No. You sons of bitches. So yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. I get moved back into a room that is pretty much more hoarded than ever because so much shit to facilitate the move had to get moved into my room. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's not great. So now you get to share a space with all the empty cereal boxes and used toothbrushes and things that your mom. The jars of urine and my (laughs) my tissue box shoes. The toenail clippings from 1972. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fun. Oh yeah. Well, that's exciting. So, are you bringing women back to that to smash or? Oh yeah, it's a it's a real fucking smash burger over here <laughs> let me tell you um what's been going on with the hinge stuff uh nothing nothing really okay just uh just my antics with the the one hinge the, one, the yeah. hinge i don't know if it's liking or laziness but that's, <laughs> that's how that's going i mean love can spring from laziness yeah We'll see. I nothing like a good, nothing like a good situation where you both feel like you settled too much. <laughs> you just described most marriages. I was gonna say nothing mm-hmm. like that look of defeated compromise upon your your lover's <laughs> face to make you think, "What am I doing here?" Oh yeah, yeah, the being at home and everything else. What did I? This this is that's the end game right there. No, I don't I don't know, man. I I don't know how seriously I care to take any aspect of dating and romance at this point. Like I don't know. Mm, I don't... So you're not going through your like love Lauren Jane Austen phase where you're sitting by the window longingly awaiting a carriage to <laughs> awaiting drive up a dick to... pick. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I can confidently say I am not. Like, I, I'm happy enough, and I honestly, I don't know. Like, to be to be completely forthright, like, I am in a weird position in my life where for the first time there is just nothing, like, glaringly horrible going on, said the man trying to wish testicular cancer for himself into existence. No! Um, and so... 
it's entered this whole odd, like, okay, what do you do when there isn't, like, just nakedly fucking unlivable shit in your life? And it just becomes, like, positives. You know, mm. like, let's take the sixth aspect to an eight kind of thing. Like, what, what is that like? And, oh, am I learning those ropes? Because mm. that's just never been my life. Right. And I mean, I, I still have to get the fuck out of the house, I guess. Although my therapist, the main one, was like, hey, look, I'm not telling you to do this by any means. I'm not going to tell you to do anything. But, like, given this is how you've already comported your life, what if you just said, fuck it, I'm staying here until she passes, like, as her caretaker? Hmm. And God, did that scare the piss out of me. I was just immediately like, ah, no, that sounds terrible. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. So at least we had, like, some sort of reaction on that front. That's something. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Having a, a, a violent reaction, having a violently ill reaction to something and knowing that you don't want that is uh It's a bit of something. Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know. That's, that's about where we're at. I, you know, I, I tested into some advanced or auditioned. I always say tested because I'm like <laughs> such a fucking nerd. I tested positive for Harold's. Yeah. I auditioned into like the advanced improv program at the, the Washington improv theater that I'm involved with. And that's, that's cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank yes. you. I, I mean, I was like, like, don't get me wrong. That, was more of an accomplishment like back in the day like and i guess they've been covid ravaged for two and a half years Mm. so like i jokingly said to other people trying out i was like look guys like if ever there was a time where they're just taking every motherfucker to (laughs) plump up the ranks it's now so don't sweat it and then i got in and i was like oh shit yeah and then i learned like (laughs) something out of like 96 people trying out mm-hmm. 49 made it so literally like 51 percent. i was like okay good fucking that that, that did cheapen it dad i'm not gonna lie i was like come on really that that's fucking... still like half of the people who didn't get in that's true but how shitty would you have felt if you didn't get it that is the only way that i can reframe it <laughs> because had i not made it i would have been absolutely fucking like like i would have quit improv i'd be like fuck you i'm done with this shit if you don't want me after a pandemic you fuckers are never gonna want me yeah yeah honest to god so uh that was that was fun and i that happened and that's going to take up a lot of time for the next uh you can do four six month stints with them i think so it's like a practice legit every Monday night and you can miss like one a month. Mm. And then I think I'm on stage every other Wednesday or some shit like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the stage reps are, I think where this kind of fucking shines. So. Right. Yeah. To me, that seems like, you know, I mean, not that the exercises aren't useful and, and, you know, but I'm, I'm sure getting that time on stage and being able to do the shows with people, you know, has to be so good for just like building up that muscle. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always lot, like, I always laugh when standups are just like, yeah, it takes like seven to 10 years to get good on stage. And I, I feel that's because like stand up is just such brutal, ineffective training for it it would be like hey look uh why don't you just learn to be a doctor by like i don't know opening some people up (sighs) you know just open some people up see what fucking happens and like eventually yes you would learn what does and doesn't work but also there's this thing called med school (laughs) and like i just like i guess to me learning actual stagecraft through improv has always felt a little more like med school about it I do maintain that they are different skill sets. Very and that much one so. can help the other, Very but they're so. still ultimately different. So I don't think that like it applies. I, I mean, I think it's different for everyone and you find what works for you. And maybe I'm getting a little sensitive because I am a stand up who doesn't do 
yes. improv and maybe it would help me in some areas but also I feel like I don't know some people just want to do stand up and feel as though maybe elements of improv like wouldn't be useful to them as much as just testing things out in front of an audience and getting a feel for how to navigate different types of audiences I am going to try to rough. Okay, so that aspect of stand up doesn't like improv doesn't embrace that. Improv is way too much like if you aren't getting this, then fuck the audience kind of. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not saying there aren't stand ups with that mentality out there, but uh, improv really relishes that where it's like, look, we're going to do our thing. Like you're watching our practice in essence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do hate that aspect of improv. I would. I, you know what? They're both they're both equally wasted annoying. Time. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, the the point is nobody wants to come see either of those things. Exactly. Um, I feel like improv can be helpful if you are a stand up and you're looking for a way, like maybe you're dying or you want to find a way to connect to the, or you just need to get better at thinking on your feet. I think it's all about like the stage reps and interacting. I think it's all just about like learning to think on your feet. Um, and uh. Improv seems like it's good for helping people do that. Um, But at a certain point, it's like you pick a lane. Either you are doing it because you want to learn how to interact with people in a scene better and feed off the energy, or you're doing it because you are a stand-up and you want to, you know, be more limber when you're on stage. But um, it seems like people doing improv usually get routed into one of those two things. Yes. I'm saying this in my cavernous <laughs> yes. reverb fest of an empty living room now. <laughs> um, I don't know. So, yes, getting back to your point, improv is exactly like med school. <laughs> yes. It's filled with hyper-driven type A dorks. Aren't and corpses. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, let's end it there because I have to go unfuck a doorknob on a, <laughs> let's see what storefront this is that I have to wave my goddamn wand on. <laughs> Hold on. The Evo, Evo door and window company that relishes on agreeing to a price ahead of time and then fucking me on the back end. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to an anthropology. Fun. You don't have to anthropologize for anything. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Molly, let's do this again sooner than later. Okay. Good. I'm pumped. Uh, this was lovely. You're lovely. You're Everyone's awesome. lovely. Have fun unfucking that lock. <laughs> I will. Stick your micropene in and twist. That's how I pick locks. I just ejaculate <laughs> my little mouse's cock right inside. It's like WD-40 from your face. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye, Papa. Bye, Millie.